This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is episode 27. A prophet for our times. But first a prayer. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to your service and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. I want to start off this episode with a quick disclaimer. I did say in a short uh, episode that I was going to be on hiatus until after Easter. Um, The Lord really put it on my heart to do this recording. I cannot say if this is the last time that you're going to hear from me until Easter. All I can say is, is my intention is this is it until Easter. However, if the Lord puts it on me to record again, I'm going to do it. I apologize for the confusion. Um, as the kids say, it is what it is. I also want to say that the following is not a personal attack. It is, I repeat, is not a personal attack. This is just observations, uh, societal observations that I have that I have made myself. Um, I also want to say or reiterate, I should say, because it's in previous episodes. One, I am not a prophet. I do not claim, nor do I say that this is divinely inspired prophecy. It is not. Two, I am not a saint, meaning I do not practice heroic sanctity in order to be a saint. And even if there were a legitimate magisterium to make me a saint, it wouldn't happen till one, after I died, but two, I would not presume to claim such a title for myself. I'm just a very sinful uh, a very sinful person trying his very best to be an instrument. Of God's divine will. Okay. So before anyone. Oh that that brings me. To the next part. Everything that I'm going to talk about. In this episode. I have either been guilty of. In the past. Or am guilty of. And am working on. Right now. So this is not a case of me being self-righteous. Okay. I'm not looking down my nose at anybody. Uh, Lord willing, I'm hoping that the Holy Ghost is working through me to give you something to think about. Now, having said that, I am, I was reading the book of Hosea And um, I just want to say up front, 
in my show notes, I'm going to quote or I'm going to list particular quotes that um, touched me in a particular way. But my my uh, suggestion is is to read the book of Hosea from the Old Testament. And I'm looking, it looks to be about six to eight pages long. So this is not a deep read. And, you know, hopefully just read the whole thing to get the total context of where I'm coming to. Now, to give the context to the book of Hosea. Hosea was a prophet. Um, In the Old Testament, this was when Israel and Judah were two separate countries. The ten tribes were in Israel. The other two tribes were in Judea. I believe the timeline was was this was before Israel fell and the the Babylonian captivity. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not going to claim that that's correct. But anyway... Hosea was a prophet sent to the Israelites basically to prophesy their idolatry and their sins against God. Okay? And in order to make the point clear that they were in idolatry and that they 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 were not with God in any way, shape, or form, God had him marry a prostitute, and then um, he had kids by her. So that's basically the background here. So I am going to go into... The episode itself. Modern people, and when I say modern people, I'm basically talking about human beings, not just in the here and now of today, but basically the human beings of the last 500 years. Now, I realize different times, different circumstances. Yes, I do realize that. However, the Protestant revolt opened up a can of worms, which led to the situation we're into today. Um, I am, when I, when I say... Um, moderns, I'm mainly referring to, to us, you know, people that were born in the mid 20th century till present time, but everything I'm going to list while maybe not as blatant as it is today, um, got introduced ever, uh, ever since the Protestant revolt and, um, 
if you read if you read the Catholic saints after the Reformation, they make note in the 17th, 18th, 19th centuries that what I'm going to talk about are issues within the Catholic Church itself. And for you Protestants out there, some of your preachers were saying the same thing. I'm not saying that they were divinely inspired, but the the sinfulness was so blatant that even the Protestant ministers were seeing it themselves, despite their blindness. Before I start this, I want to say, um, there. I want to quote a particular passage. This is Hosea chapter 4, verse 4. But yet, let not any man judge, and let not any man be rebuked. For, your, for thy people are as they that contradict the priest. I'm going to repeat that again. But yet, let not any man judge, and let not any man be rebuked. For thy people are as that that contradict the priest. Now, I'm holding a copy of the Dewey Rames Bible with commentary. This is what the commentary states for chapter 4, verse 4. Let not any man judge. And the explanation it gives is, as if he would say, it is, it is vain to strive with them or reprove them, for they are so obstinate and evil. Basically, uh, because this the Dewey Rames was written in the, uh, in the uh, 16th century, the commentator that I'm quoting from, he was a commentator for the 18th century. Basically, what he's saying in very archaic and fancy English is, is basically you couldn't tell the people nothing because they weren't going to listen. They were so entrenched in their evil, they weren't going to listen. Okay? So, before I get into the observational part, I'm going to say, I'm actually going to quote our, our uh, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let him with eyes and let him with ears listen and see. It's a paraphrase, but you get the point. So, as I said, most, most moderns take personal pride in the strength of their bodies, their intelligence, their natural wisdom. Now, when I say natural wisdom, I'm talking about, um, I'm not talking about spiritual wisdom, but just their natural wisdom and their personal relationships. Now, when I say this, I'm talking about, well, I know, I know Representative X, or I know this millionaire, or I know this really wealthy person, or I know the chief of police. They take pride in who they know. So, and they also take pride in the power that they may hold. Um, so 
you know, if if they ha- happen to hold political office, if they happen to um, have connections or, um, you know, they're a cop or a soldier or, a, you know, a- any anybody with any modicum of power. And by the way, when I say power, I'm not just talking about political power. I'm talking about your supervisors, you know, the local uh, fry chef who happens to hold the position or, you know, the local, uh, uh, I don't know what they call it in the, uh, in the office environment, maybe the office manager, the office manager, he has power and they take pride in it. You know, they wear it on their sleeve and don't, don't dare show them any disrespect because, you know, you'll pay for it. And they also take pride in their own actions. And they think that their own actions are going to keep them safe. Now, for those of you who are quote-unquote based and red-pilled, that means you guys who are digging your bunkers, forming your communities, and waiting for the uh, Great Reset to kick off. Well... As I've stated previously, though I, I I wouldn't say that those those actions are are bad actions. I would actually say they're prudent. But if you're doing it without getting right with God, they're ultimately futile. I will repeat that again. It is ultimately futile. You can have your community, you can have your ten foot bunker or whatever, you know. But if you ain't got the right relationship with God, when when the Great Reset kicks off, it's not going to do you any good. And they also think that they know all that they need to know. In other words, they're self-satisfied. They're very self-satisfied. Well, I went to college for four years. There's nothing else I need to learn or they basically have the attitude of, well, you know, I don't, I don't have to research something that I know nothing about, but I'll go ahead and give my stupid comment anyway about something I'm totally ignorant about because, hey, free speech and all that. Um, the modern lacks humility assuming they're going to get into heaven regardless of what they do. And they assume that they have the right relationship with God without self-examination. And that's why anybody who's practicing the spiritual life is is told flat out in the books, you got to do self-examination, otherwise it's going to be in vain. Um, they also assume that God will save their loved ones without any effort on their part. In other words, they're, they're under the mistaken impression that, oh, well, you know, I love my mom and dad. I love my wife. I love my kids. I don't have to, you know, to teach them teach them godly ways, the the right and correct godly ways. 
God, God is the great grand senile grandfather in the sky. He loves everyone. So we're all getting to heaven and I don't have to do a thing. They also assume that what they are taught is the correct way. And I have here of God, which is true. But I would also say that they make the assumption that they, what they learned in school or what they read in books is uh, correct. It's absolutely correct. Without realizing that, you know, there, there, are, there are certain forces that are writing our history. There are certain forces that are teaching in our schools. And... They're giving you misinformation. But if you're happy to go along with the program and assume what you were taught is right and correct, then unfortunately for you, uh, it's not going to turn out well, either with God or in the secular world. Um, I would be so bold as to suggest you may be in for a very nasty surprise with the status quo. They assume that they do their own work. In other words, they got their own job, their wife, their possessions, their position are all due to their own work and neither praise nor thank God. They refuse to do the necessary research and study to make sure that what they believe is uh, true. And I spoke to that earlier. They refuse to do the extra study and research into true piety and devotion. Um, and when I say that, the first part mainly aimed at the secular people. The second part are aimed um, at all three of the religious groupings in America, the ones that count. The Protestants, the Vatican II sect, and the set of accountists. Yes, I'm putting set of accountists in this. Because, as I've stated in many episodes, set of accountists assume, well, I've got the right doctrine, I'm good. There's more to true Catholicism than just right doctrine. They, um, this part is mainly for the true, uh, the set of contests, true Catholics out there. They assume that only religious orders are called to um, sanctity. You know, they they just assume that. Well, you know, we got the priests, we got the monks and the nuns, you know, they, they can try to be saints, you know, uh, I, you know, I'm free and clear. I can do what I want. They also assume, or I'm sorry, they also refuse to consider or listen to anything that does not fit into their worldview. 
I have personal experience with this. But I have other episodes. If you want to get a taste of what I'm talking about, visit my other episodes. They refuse to repent and change their ways because one, they are not ashamed of their sins. Two, they don't believe in sin. And, you know, and this, this, this particular uh, aspect of our society is basically, um, you know, well, you decide for yourself what is sin and what isn't. Okay? I once, this was long before I'd even attempted to come to God. I was telling a neighbor, I said, you know, I've done some things I'm ashamed of. And he said, no, there, you know, uh, I think he said guilt is a societal concept. You only feel guilty because you choose to feel guilty. And I, I, I liked the guy, so I didn't snap his head off. But what I was thinking to myself was, no, I feel guilty because I know I did wrong. I might have told him that. It's, it's been over 30 years ago, so I'm not particularly sure. But when he said that, I was thinking to myself, no, I feel guilty because I know I did wrong. And the third one is that they are good enough to get into heaven. Um, basically, we live in a no-standard society. There are no standards in anything. Not religion, not art, not entertainment, not sports, nothing. Especially not politics. Especially not politics. A lot of uh, I remember a big thing in the 90s when Bill Clinton was running for office was they put in the papers, whoa, he's the kind of guy you'd like to have a beer with. My thought at the time, and once again, I'm talking long before I was even thinking about coming to Jesus, was, well, I don't want somebody leading me that I can have a beer with. I want somebody that is going to lead and make the tough decisions with wisdom. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I've been told I'm an outlier in that respect. Now, I, I'm not sure if in my previous podcast I made this statement. But if I have, just bear with me. Protestantism is secularism with a neo-Christian facade. What I mean neo-Christian is, they got their naked cross, they got their buildings, you know, um, they wave their hands and they sing their uh, praise and worship songs. But basically, I, I, I challenge you to go into any mega church and tell me what the difference is, what they do in there as opposed to what goes on in a rock concert, except that they've, you know, where is it a rock concert? You know, they're not going to have the big old cross. Other than that, I, I challenge you to tell me what the difference is. Now, I say this on in broad terms. In other words, when I say broad terms, I mean Protestantism in general. 
Now, on a personal level, I would say it's worship of yourself. And here I'm going to give some examples. And basically, modernism is ultimately the worship of your own self. Nobody's going to tell you nothing. You're going to do what you want to do. And by the way, when I say nobody's going to... They're, 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 I'm, I'm not saying that the forces of the Great Reset, you know, if they, if they tell you to take the vax bigot, I'm not saying, you know, that you should go along with that. I'm just saying in religious terms, nobody can tell them nothing. Anyway, some examples. I can interpret scripture. I don't need a priest or a spiritual advisor to lead me. I don't need holiness to get into heaven. I don't need to challenge my worldview because to me it's good enough. I decide what is sinful and what is not. Once again, I already covered that. I don't need piety and devotion to get to heaven. Religious doctrine is what I say it is, or just an opinion. Theology is just an opinion. Anyone can get to heaven. And in the Vatican II sect, at least Protestants have some standards. At least Protestants say, no, you got to believe in Jesus. The Vatican II sect says, oh, well, the Hindus, the Muslims, the Jews, they don't need Jesus to get to heaven. If they're practicing their religion devoutly, they can get to heaven. So, you know, Protestants, it's all not sour grapes. I am giving you credit, however light that credit may be. And believe me, it's light. Anything I don't believe, don't care for, or haven't heard is a lie. Becoming educated about God is unnecessary. I can do whatever I want and get to heaven. Which kind of leads into my previous point. Sin is a way of guilting you into conforming. That goes back to what I was talking about earlier as well. But I've, I've heard atheists uh, uh, e- either on their podcast or on their chat board. Oh, there's no such thing as sin. Sin is what religions do to guilt you into going along with the program. Morality is whatever your personal preferences are. I'm going to add a couple comments to this one. Uh, I promise I'll try to make it brief. Number one, I remember back in the 90s when Bill Clinton was president and I was listening to talk radio because back then we didn't have podcasts because back then the internet had been invented by Al Gore, but he just hadn't gotten it to the masses yet. So you had to listen to talk radio for, you know, to listen to commentary. And I remember the normies ranting and raving about Oh, I pay my taxes. I'm a good citizen. And I remember thinking to myself, once again, this was long before I even tried to get with Jesus, thinking to myself, paying taxes is just, it, it's not the only thing you do for your morality as a citizen. You know, even a drug dealer or the most worse uh, robber baron pays their taxes. They may cheat on their taxes, but they pay them. Paying your taxes, that's not a, 
a, a stick of morality. And just so nobody gets it twisted, I didn't hear this from just one person on, on talk radio. Several people made the same comment. And the second thing is, is I have heard people, especially from the Vatican II sect, who say, well, there's nothing wrong. Oh, and uh, progressives, of course. Well, there's nothing wrong with being gay. Um, They can't help themselves and they're moral in their own way. Okay, once again, that's, that's, that's making up morality. That's not judging yourself by God's morality. And, 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 you know, and here's the thing. At least in the 90s, you could make an argument for a moral case that, well, you know, God says in his Bible, most people who call them Christians, themselves Christian won't even attempt to say, well, the Bible says. Now, I understand because basically I'm at this point. You can't make religious arguments to modern day people of present era because they're going to tune out and they're going to dismiss you. Okay, I do understand that. But, um, you know, basically we're living in an era, especially now, I would say over the past at least 15 years, where basically people live by their own standards of morality. And they don't make any reference to God or, you know, God the Father. They don't do it. They make up their own standards of morality. That's why you see uh, so many people wearing a crucifix or a naked cross going into a club, you know, picking up hookers. Well, not picking. Well, for all intents and purposes, they're hookers. They're just hookers by other means, sleeping with them and then ditching them. Why they go to strip clubs. And get drunk and act the fool. So yeah, we're basically making up our own, our own uh, standards of morality as we go along. Now, this is mainly a Protestant thing, although the atheists, you know, the atheists are kind of uh, allied with the with the Protestants online and saying. Cat- Catholicism is evil. And they say it without using neutral sources or examining the true claims of Catholicism with an open mind. And, I might add, they do it ignorantly and arrogantly. They do it ignorantly and arrogantly because... And I'm I'm lumping the Protestants and the atheists together on this one. They think, well, I went to college. It proves Catholicism is evil. Or they say, oh, I read Dawkins' book or, uh, you know, uh, Pastor Jim Bob's book about how the Catholic Church is the whore of Babylon. You know, that's all I need to know. But they do it, you know, a lot of these guys, well, no, all of them. I'm going to be so bold as to call you out. All of you 
are ignorant of doctrine. You're you're, you're ignorant of church history. And you arrogantly think that you are the font of knowledge. Okay? And the reason I say ignorantly, as if I had to explain myself, is because the thought never enters into your head. Well, maybe I could be wrong. Maybe I should challenge my belief systems. But no, you just arrogantly assume you're right and that you've read the right sources. But like I said, and by the way, I'm speaking for experience here. I don't know how many Protestants or atheists are going to catch this or not. I've argued with you people. And I've, I've run into so many cases of where the person I was trying to debate with was they, they would give false, false facts. They were, they would give false facts and said, no, actually it's this. And then when I had the audacity to correct them because they were giving out false facts, they, they would, oh, you're, you're, you're a, you're a Pharisee. You're a Pharisee. You're, you're a, um, you're a, a hypocrite. You know, I, as I've said many times before, I'm not going to, if you're spouting falsehoods, I'm not going to give you a pass. And you, you all ought to really thank God that I'm where I'm at now. Because in previous times, if somebody had um, given me a false fact, I would have ridiculed them quite mercilessly. And I'm good at that. That's, that, that. I am great at that. But instead, I just say, well, no, actually it's this. And they get butthurt because I'm contradicting what they think they know. And so the names and the the denunciations begin. Okay? This has happened on church history. This has happened on doctrine. This has happened on theology. Now, for the record, I'm not claiming to be an expert on any of this. I'm not claiming I'm an expert. However, however, when somebody makes a false claim, either historical, doctrinally, or um, the theological, I can give them the books that tell them, hey, you're wrong about this. You know, that contradict. It's just not one book. Because you got to remember, I'm almost a boomer. Almost. Not quite. So I've had a lot of time to read and study. So... Um, you know, I'm, I'm going, this is all I'm going to say. If you say a false thing and I correct you and you proceed to abuse me, then I'm going to shake the dust off my feet and I'm going to move on. That's the end of the discussion. Okay. That's it. Anyway, to go back, 
okay. Um, things like politics, world events, fashion, entertainment, sports ball, money, consumer goods are more important than a close relationship with God. And for that matter, piety and devotion. If you're worried about what I just listed more than God, more than being pious and devout. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. God plays no direct effort in their life. In other words, in their life, they recognize God for anything. And while we're on this subject, um, there's, there's another attitude that people, when things go well, oh, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And if things go badly, they'll either say, oh, God hates me, God hates me, or they'll blame the devil or they'll blame a person. They think that God will make them holy without any effort on their part. And once again, a lot of that is is Protestantism. For my critique on Protestantism, I did a three-part series. Check it out. They try to make heaven on earth. You know, it's, it's, it's real funny. It's real funny. How quote-unquote conservative political guys will say, well, the, the problem with communism is, is it's trying to make heaven on earth. And... You know, like I said, I'm guilty, have been guilty of many of these things or of guilty of them in the present. Um, I was one of those guys. Oh, they're trying to make heaven on earth. And then I started researching into communism. And then I realized that, no, they're not trying to make heaven on earth. They're basically the guys on top are consolidating their power and they're taking everything for themselves. Uh, does that sound like the great reset on a global level? Just saying. No, as far as making heaven on earth, basically in, in secular terms, you're just, you're doing everything in your power to, to, to make everything around you comfortable. That nothing intrudes upon your comfort zone. That's all that that means. They blame others or gods for their misfortunes or both. Um, I'm guilty on both counts. Uh, was, I should say, was. Ask dishonest or arrogant questions impugning God's love and mercy. I've also witnessed that online. You know, um, there's no need to go into great detail about that. On actual evil and sin, they refuse to condemn it implicitly and publicly. Now, this is all I'm going to say. You witnessed during Trump's 
uh, tenure, the people who are going to Trump rallies who are getting beaten up and stomped by the opposition. Everybody complained on the internet, did nothing. Everybody who knows about um, the uh, quote-unquote uh, uh, what they call the Black Death um, pandemic. They impl- um, you know, those who refuse to comply with local, state, and federal regs about the pandemic have been roughed up and stomped by the local authorities. And nobody stepped in. Nobody made a big deal. There were no marches on Washington. There was none of that about individuals getting stomped on. And and while we're at it, I just want to make another quick aside. Um, this country, as I've stated previously, was founded by Masons on Masonic principles. To those of you who run around saying we are a Christian nation, you couldn't be more wrong if you tried. And I I do realize a lot of you genuinely believe that. I know, because I did. Till my eyes were opened. We are not a Christian nation. And that constitution that everyone thinks is, is, you know, above the Bible, as far as our lives go, it ain't worth the paper it's written on. The government on a daily basis violates that constitution you know, in small ways and in bold ways. And everybody just sits and goes along with it. That's all I wanted to add on that. The refusal to admit that anything that besides God being your number one priority is idolatry. You know, um, you know, there, there, there are guys, you know, who sit on their duff on Sunday and watch nine hours of football. And if you ask them, you know, do you love God? Oh, of course I love God. Well, you have a funny way of showing it sitting on your butt for nine hours and watching sports ball, but it's just not sports ball. Anything that you put as your number one priority that isn't God, guess what? It's idolatry. Enough said. Not honoring or glorifying God, his religion, and the heavenly kingdom. Enough said. Okay, that's it. Once again, just like my rant on the normies, I I could go on and on. However, I don't feel that this is necessary. Now, if the Holy Ghost has touched you, I strongly suggest you read the book of Hosea. As I said before, I have listed in the show notes the particular passages 
that uh, that really that I thought were really pertinent to today's society. But basically, if you have a little context in when Hosea wrote his prophecy and today's society and compare it to to Israel at that time, really the the um the uh the details are slightly different but the overall the overall prophecy remains the same okay so i'm i'm going to end this now oh i really appreciate you guys listening if you did tune in I appreciate the fact that you did. And if you made it this far, I really appreciate you listening to this. Um, I just, uh, I just want to say, um, that I, I want to reiterate. I, I, I don't claim I don't claim to be holy. I don't claim any of that. Uh, believe it or not, I really do realize just, just how sinful and depraved I, I am. But God can use broken tools. He can use broken tools. And I, I will make this claim. I am God's most broken tool. So, um, I hope the Holy Ghost does reach you. And I'm especially hoping that I am a um, fit instrument for the Holy Ghost to use. Because you really, you really have to have some sort of, uh, some sort of piety in you in order for him to use you. And, um. I just, I want to say, uh, I am praying for everybody. In particular, I'm praying for, especially for those who are in my orbit in particular. And I just, I'm, I'm praying that God touches you and gets you to repent. At least try to repent. <laughs> but I am praying for you. And I'm not saying that in a passive aggressive way. Because what I'm going to also say is. If any of you. Um, Want to pray for me. I'll, I'll take those prayers. Because Lord knows I need those prayers. So. I just want to end. We thank you for listening. God bless you. God loves you. And in my own imperfect way, I love you too. I do. Have a good day. Bye-bye.